You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to today's episode of KCSN Update, a special edition of KCSN Update as I am joined by Sterling Holmes. You can find him pretty much everywhere. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Sterling uh, from his work at Sports Radio 810, also over at Arrowhead Attic. Sterling, how are you doing, sir? How has your football season been so far? Dude, it's great. I love the no noon games for Kansas City because that means I get to golf Sunday mornings. It's been outstanding. Get to watch the Chiefs win and win money off of my friends. I mean, if you would play with me, uh, I would love to win some money off you, but you like to yeah. ditch. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Things are going well, man. Things are great over on, uh, on my end. Good. Love to hear it. Uh, I do love to ditch. That is my favorite thing to do. Get an adrenaline rush every time I tell Sterling I'm going to hang out with him, and then I just uh, cancel on him. That's my just favorite fail. thing to do. Uh, just, just last minute, just no no heads up sometimes. It just don't show up. I like the ghost him every now and again. It's good. It's a good little adrenaline rush that we got going. It's a good little symbiotic relationship we got going. Uh, I think uh, very good. But uh, Sterling, I, I texted you uh, this morning. I said, man. I've got to talk about this AFC West because uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. You guys hopefully listening to it on Tuesday as well uh, when this podcast comes out. But listen, there's some trouble going on in the AFC West. There is some uh, there is some big trouble when it comes to uh, the other teams that were supposed to threaten the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of uh, their division. The Chargers obviously lost to the Dallas Cowboys, a struggling, a reeling Dallas Cowboys team on Monday Night Football. Sterling. First, I want to get your thoughts on uh, on that game. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Chargers uh, pretty much charging that game away? They're the same team. I always say the Vikings, Cowboys, and Chargers, just throw them on a hat. They're all the same team. Uh, teams that typically make the playoffs, they have decent regular season records, a lot of offseason hype, and then what do they do? They collapse. And the Chargers proved that all in one game. They collapsed when the game was on the line. I love Justin Herbert. He's a top five talent in the NFL. But at some point, we have to have a serious conversation if he never gets over the hump. I saw Matt Verderim tweets him about what's his defining game in the NFL. It can't be week three victory over Kansas City. Because if that is, you're not an elite quarterback. What is his defining game? He doesn't have one. And I get it. Staley's not a great head coach. It's not Andy Reid, right? He's, he doesn't have the best team around him. But there's always talk in the offseason about how good the Chargers are. There's always talk about how is this the year they finally make some noise. And at some point, Justin Herbert needs to put more, bear more of the brunt of the weight of the uh, consistent unraveling year after year. And I get it. It's not just been him. They've changed quarterbacks. They've changed head coaches. They've changed cities. They find ways to steal Chargers. And so maybe they're just cursed. But at some point, I have to sit here saying, you know what, Herbert? Time to actually do something and stop talking about potential. You got to be at that point now, I think. I know a lot of conversations that we had, I think Sterling even brought this up with you uh, at at one point of like, how many excuses are you going to make for Justin Herbert? Uh, He blew a 29-point playoff lead, and it feels like no one was talking about it. I know that, you know, they had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. That does play into it. But if he scores like another touchdown, like they're fine. Uh, if he score, if they go and put a competent offensive drive together, they're fine. But he can't do it when the lights are bright. 
uh, Justin Herbert can't seem to do it. And I think that that is so obscure. When you talk about all of the other great quarterbacks in the AFC, you're talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes, you're talking about Josh Allen, Tua, they all get a lot of fair share of blame when it comes to what what goes wrong with their team. They uh, the, the, the fingers start pointing at them. With Herbert, it never seems to be that way. I don't know if it's because of the injuries around him always. Like, literally always there's injuries around the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know if that's why, but I'm just very confused why people keep making excuses for this guy who hasn't really necessarily done anything yet. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Andy Reid, you know, obviously, Josh Allen had Brian Dayball, uh, but but let's be real now. Zach Zach Taylor's he just incredible head coach for the Bengals. Like, but Joe Burrow has his defining victories. Josh Allen, for all the all the bleep he gets, I, I've always been a pretty big Josh Allen supporter. I loved him coming out of Wyoming. Obviously, seeing him play against Mizzou that was a little different. I like Josh Allen. Always been a big Josh Allen supporter. But but let's be real, he's had a couple of defining victories in his yeah. career, right? Even the 13-second loss, we we like to laugh. He was electric in that game. You know, Jalen Hurts obviously has some defining victories. Hell, Trevor Lawrence, to an extent, you could say, has a defining victory. That was over the Chargers. Herbert, again, you're right. I mean, he's got to get it done. There's always excuses. Every single team makes excuses, but typically what happens is the quarterback is the one that that, that bears the weight. And somehow he's the only quarterback that seemingly goes by unscathed. Dak Prescott, as much as it's fun to rip on Dak and Kirk Cousins, they bear the weight more than anyone. Yeah. Now the Cowboys have perpetually been, been run, in my opinion, ridiculously with Jerry Jones, right? I mean, I think it's pretty uh, alarming how he's trying to win the, how they did in the 1990s by running the rock. But still, Dak's the guy that takes all the blame. Where's that with Justin? It's been a very interesting conversation, obviously, as, as everyone listening to this podcast knows that, that the Chargers have been crowned the AFC West champions for the past, like, six years in July. Um, and again, it's the same trope over and over, it seems like, with the Chargers charging, losing out. I think the Chiefs are now uh, two and a half up on the Chargers when it comes to it, with the Chargers coming to town in the AFC West race. Can essentially put away the AFC West uh, with, a, with a big win over the Chargers. And this game, I think, means a lot more to the Chargers now than it does for the whole grand scheme of things for their season. Not necessarily just the AFC West race, but for their season to stay alive in terms of playoff hopes and everything like that. Uh, Sterling, how do you see that kind of shaking out as, you know, the, the Chargers have played the Chiefs pretty tough. They're going to come to Kansas City. They've played, the, they've played the Chiefs tough in Kansas City. How do you kind of see this matchup shaking out? The Chiefs are keenly aware of what the what the stakes of this matchup are, and and to to really uh, keep their their foot on the gas when it comes to the AFC West. But uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So first and foremost, Justin Herbert only plays well against Kansas City. They only ever unleash Herbert. Every other game, it's check down Charlie, and then against Kansas City, like oh yeah, we forgot he's actually talented. Just throw the rock deep downfield. <laughs> only difference is this year's iteration of Kansas City has the best secondary they've had in the Mahomes era. I legitimately think they're good. I don't care that they face, you know, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I get all that. Mm -hmm. This Chiefs defense, in my opinion, is electric, and that defense, and especially the secondary, is extremely, extremely talented, okay? DJ Moore has been going off at times this season. He did not go off against Kansas City. Take Fields or the quarterback out of the equation. They were on him, okay? He had zero separation, so that's legitimate to me. Um, I think it's a little nerve-wracking with you have a guy like Brandon Staley who understands – 
if they don't do something this year, if they don't at least go to the playoffs, and even if they might have to win a game, he's probably getting canned. Right. You have a head coach who's basically saying, you know what, bleep it. We have to beat Kansas City. I've already been aggressive in the past. I'm going to be uber aggressive in this game. We lost to the Cowboys. We have to get right. So expect Brandon Staley to, and even you know to an extent, Kellen Moore, have one of the best game plans they could possibly have because they absolutely have to have it. They will do everything possible to come away onside kick, you know, fake punt, uh, fourth and three on their own 45. They might go for it. I get they have no Mike Williams, but Joshua Palmer is a pretty good wide receiver too in his own right. Um, you know, Eckler should be healthier, right? right. Kind of nursing his injury, but he was getting back. Uh, and obviously Keenan Allen going into this game prior to it was averaging 109 yards per game. Keenan Allen's been outstanding. Um, the issue lies in the Chargers defense as well. Um, they held obviously the Cowboys 20 points, but the Cowboys offense is nothing uh, to write home about. But the Chiefs, on the other hand, they've struggled to score a lot of points this year outside of one game against Chicago. Uh, right. Very intrigued about this game. Uh, again, some of the things that make me nervous don't make me nervous long-term, but make me nervous in a nutshell of, all right, head coach might get canned. What's he going to come up with? Right. This is a backs-against-the-wall game for them uh, and in terms of the Chargers. But looking at the AFC West standings, Chiefs obviously are top of that. Chiefs are top of the AFC with a 5-1 and one record. Second place is the Los Angeles Char- or the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, with a three and three record. Who would have thought six weeks into we the season? All expected that. <laughs> the Raiders, who we said were trying to lose on purpose by keeping a coach that they said, "Hey, we don't want this guy, but we don't have enough money to pay him to leave," are three and three, and they are second place in the AFC West, uh, just ahead of the Chargers, who are two and three, and the Denver Broncos, who one and five. They're bad. They're well, not. I think they didn't give a Bay a draft pick for a head coach who's two scoops of ass. No chance. No, no, no chance a team would have done that. No. Right. I mean, they just don't have any any future assets. Anything that looks that uh, a lot of bad teams look forward to, the Broncos don't have that. So uh, that's a really great sign to see if you are in Denver or necessarily. You want a positive? Listen, they, yeah. they can get out of Russell Wil- Russell Wilson's contract for about thirty two million dead cap in twenty twenty six. That's a positive. Maybe maybe get Caleb away. Well, no, can't draft Caleb Williams. Uh, Drake Minnick, no, why not? Can't get him. Hey, Brady Cook. Maybe Brady Cook. <laughs> Listen, it went so well for them the first time they drafted him as a new quarterback. Might they, draft they another never one. Give him a chance. I will die on the hill. Drew Locke. I'm with you. He would have been better than Russell Wilson and cheaper. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he would have been better than Russell Wilson. that year. That he he was slated to be the starter before Geno Smith beat him out. Or well. Yeah. To be fair, he got COVID. Drew Lock got COVID and then gave Geno Smith the chance to to play, and then he was actually good, which yeah. probably Geno Smith would have played eventually. Uh, but what I think is interesting, Sterling, when I look at these AFC West standings, uh, the Raiders are in second place, as I mentioned, but their net points is minus 31. So they have been outscored by 31 points by the opposing team, but they are in second place in the AFC West. Um Sterling, I want to get your thoughts on the division because it seems like every year that, you know, we talked about the Chargers being hyped up, but even last year, a lot of teams were hyped up like the Broncos. And I think the Broncos had a lot of hype going into this season as well. And it all just seems to fall flat. So uh, overall, like, have you been surprised by the division based on kind of what we, the hype coming into the season and what we kind of already know about the past when it comes to people picking the division? 
Yeah, I mean, people are tired of seeing the same team win over and over again. We saw with the Patriots, right? You always wanted someone else. We we know full full well here in Kansas City, we were tired of the Patriots winning. Well, now everyone else is tired of the Chiefs winning. So they're going to try and find ways to pick and, and choose and find a way to talk themselves into any other team, especially in the division. You know, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I didn't think the AFC West was particularly strong this year. I think I had the Broncos. I think I had their upside at nine wins. I was not really thrilled with the Sean Payton uh, debacle. I just right. a little bit worse than I thought, but I didn't think it was going to be some easy fix. Like he had a Hall of Fame quarterback his entire career and got one championship. He got one Super Bowl out of it. At some point, you're closer to Mike McCarthy than you are to Bill Belichick. So Broncos fans needed to calm down. I again, and they they're the offseason champions two years in a row, and yet Sean Payton kept trying to say the Jets were. Well, congratulations, the Jets have a better record than you. Uh, also, you got a 31 spot put in your dome by Zach Wilson. Congratulations, Sean Payton. Good job. Uh, also, beat out by a ball boy. Former former Bronco ball boy, Mike McDaniel. Nice. 70. 70. And you know what? It was a, it was a generous 70 because they could have scored way more. And I thought it was actually yeah. more, it was more disres- disrespectful to say, you know what? No, we're not going to kick the field goal. We're going to let you know we could, but we're not. We're not going to do it to you. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Um, so the Broncos are there. They have no hope for the future. Um, at least for the next couple of seasons. I, I just don't see where they go from here. As far as the Raiders go, um, they're a little better than I expected. Jimmy G's actually been banged up a lot this year, which guess mm-hmm. what? What's new? That's perpetually every single season. Devontae Adams, still Devontae Adams, but they're using him a little bit as a decoy, right? They've started to get, what's it, what's it, uh, is it Mayer involved in tight end? Yeah, Michael Mayer. Um, Jacoby Myers is actually having a really nice year as the season progresses. He's starting to find a nice connection. You know, we might be seeing a little bit more Aiden O'Connell. Mm. Um, Max Crosby still Max Crosby. End of the day, he should be thrown into the defensive player of the year candidate because he is that good. Uh, I love watching him play. I really wish he was a Kansas City Chief because I would root for him so hard. But now I have to find my way to say, hey, he's a dirty player. If he was on Kansas City again, that's a hard-nosed guy. Um, But I mean, they're they're not a lot of talent on that team and they're kind of piecemeal together. So this one feels like the height of the Raiders because the best players I'm naming right now outside of Michael Mayer, they're old guys. Jacoby Myers, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, Jimmy G. I mean, Max Crosby's there, but he's not like the youngest cat in the room. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and then, again, the Chargers, they are just perpetually charging. I don't know where they go from here. Mike Williams injured. Keenan Allen's still great, but he's getting up there in age. Derwin James getting up there in age. You know, this was their year. They're, they're, they were supposed to be good yet again, but eventually you're going to have to blow that thing up. you got to stop going with perpetually older, injured, uh, veteran guys and say, all right, we got to get younger. We got to get cheaper. We got to figure out something different because this clearly is not working. It'll be really interesting to see the response, especially uh, maybe even early on to the Chiefs having such a, a commanding lead after uh, not really necessarily playing all that well. And really don't know if there's been a whole lot of good football being played across the board. I think it's kind of a league-wide trend of everybody playing weird games as Joshua Briscoe. Uh, would like to call them. So, uh, Sterling, let's take a break. I've got more I want to talk about when it comes to the other teams, the AFC West, but we got to take a break first. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. 
I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hanging out with Sterling Holmes here on KCS, an update. Sterling, um, I saw that you did an interview with uh, with your guy, Amonra St. Brown, the other day for the Stacking the Box podcast. How is he? How's he doing? He's awesome, dude. I, I'm a big fan of Amonra. Dude is just a good guy. He's so smart. Um, he speaks three languages, so I spoke a little German to him, and he was uh, he was liking that. I got I got a little little chuckle, a little smile from him. But yeah, he, he's doing well, and I, I just talked to him. I'm like, hey, man, you came into Arrowhead, started the NFL season, the Detroit Lions. You know, we're talking about how Detroit's they have been good for, for a long time and just the mindset shift. He talked about Dan Campbell a, a little bit as well. Um, and one of my favorite things I asked him was about the combine. Because I, I say people get so enamored with fast 40s and Quite frankly, they did work for Kansas City when they had, you know, Tyreek and McCall. They had the 4-3 bunch, you know. Everyone was so quick. It worked for them. But it wasn't Darius Hayward Bay. It wasn't John Brown or John Ross. They found guy or found ways to make these dudes work. And so I asked him because Amon Robert ran a 4-5-9. For a wide receiver, that's it's slow, right? <laughs> that, that, that's slow. But I'm like, you've been so productive. How? And he's like, I could take a look at a guy right now and tell you that guy can or cannot play. You know, I get your job. The media is to, you know, you get enamored with the speed and the and the, the gaudy numbers. It doesn't really translate. It doesn't always translate. And so I just thought it was pretty interesting hearing a player's perspective oh. in that instance. Uh, but yeah, Monroe St. Brown looking pretty good. My bet versus your bet of Calvin Ridley. It's going to come down to the wire because he missed a game. 
It will it will come down to the wire. Right now, Amon is leading. I think it's four fifty five to Calvin Ridley's three sixty three. Uh, Calvin was leading by I think three yards because of that missed game uh, just before uh, this last week took place. But it is it's 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 a good little a uh, good little wager, a good little friendly wager that we've got down uh, on those two guys. Yeah, for for those that don't know, before the season started, Tucker and myself, I picked Amon Ross and Brown. He went covered and really. I was the most yards. I have my bets for twenty twenty three written down. I have with people. It's my season long bets. Yeah, keep out of the old the old laptop. Keep it safe. Uh, we got we got a, a dinner on this one. It looks like I have mm-hmm. horrendous handwriting, so it looks like steak a steak dinner. Yeah, steak dinner. Mm-hmm. We uh, we didn't go with any uh, any traditional money traditional money switching hands. I think a steak dinner would be nice. Yeah, I got a. A couple dinners on here, a couple bourbons. Got a nice mm. whistle pig bet out there. A mustache bet. Um, yeah, I got a whole a soul patch bet as well. Yeah, which I don't think anyone wants to see that one. Uh, soul patch. Uh, things stay in the early 2000s. But, um, Sterling, I was looking ahead at the schedule for the uh, second place Las Vegas Raiders. They play the Bears this week. Mm. Um, on Well, actually, never mind. They're on a bye week. This is October 22nd that they play uh, the Raiders. Uh, or they play the the Bears, then they have the Lions, and then they have the Giants, and then the Jets, and then the Dolphins. Those are their next uh, five games. Pretty winnable games uh, for the Raiders in turn in the, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, the Chiefs will have uh, the Broncos again. They'll have the Dolphins. They'll have their bye week uh, to kind of go from there. But um, and then the Chargers also have already had their bye week, so I wonder how much that'll play into things down the stretch. They had a very early. I think it was a week four. Uh, bye week, week five, bye week, possibly. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, had an early bye week for the Chargers. Now on a short week, going to Kansas City. Awful scheduling, by the way. I have said this for a long time, even once the schedule came out. For the Chiefs to go to Broncos, Chargers, Broncos was awful. Like just scheduling those teams three, three in a row, bad scheduling. But then to have the Chargers be on Monday Night Football the week prior, then travel to Kansas City is also equally as bad uh, to have the team on a short week travel. I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking. It's like that they ran out of time and just had to throw games together in this little stretch here. Yeah, and then you have, of course, Jacksonville staying in London for like a month. Yeah, they're just, it's like, <laughs> right. It's and stay over there. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, no, it's, it's very interesting. But you brought up the Raiders' schedule. I mean, they go three and two. I, they're not going to be, in my opinion, but you, you don't know. We didn't think the Jets were going to be the Eagles. We didn't think the Browns with the backup quarterback were going to be the 49ers. Right. And by the way, 49ers fans, call them your brakes or pump the brakes. I get it. Trent Williams got injured in the game. C- CMC got injured. And Debo got injured. They were without their starting quarterback. No yes. excuses. Come on now. Um, but yeah, dude, the Jets, the Giants, the Bears. I mean, those are three winnable games for the Raiders. I mean, if they were, what, six and five, would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, again, maybe they don't, but I wouldn't be shocked. They're six and five. That might be pretty intriguing. Yeah, that's that's the thing about their schedule. That When I started looking at it, I was just like, oh, okay. Maybe maybe they'll hang in second place a little bit longer because uh, I'm trying to pull up the, the charter schedule here. I don't think the Chargers' schedule gets any better. I mean, they have the Bears, and they have the Jets, the Lions, the Packers, Ravens. Those are their next five after the Chiefs. So it's Chiefs, Bears, Jets, Lions, Packers, Ravens. Um, it's similar. pretty. It, it's similar to what that is. Uh, to when you talk about the Chiefs, their next games are after the Chargers. They have Denver again, 
should be a win. Got to go on the road, 325 game at mile high. Um, tough place to play. In Germany versus Miami, which possibly is for the number one seed in Germany. Um, kind of insane that the, the, the Germany's going to have that game. The bye week, but then they have Philadelphia and then uh, the Raiders. So, could uh, I want to ask you this question? This is obviously a hypothetical question because they can't they can't necessarily technically lock up the division before they play the Raiders on on November twenty sixth. But could the Chiefs theoretically have the division comfortably in hand by the time they play the Las Vegas Raiders on November twenty sixth for the first time? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I I do feel I don't feel bad. I should say because that, that that's wrong because they wouldn't feel bad when the Broncos had their stretch, the Raiders, for sure. you know. But it is a little bit like if you're a fan of those three teams, you're just sitting there like, what the what are we doing? Like it has been almost a decade now of dominance from Kansas City. We're not really even coming close to sniffing anything. The Broncos haven't won since the Royals won the World Series. Mm. I mean, it's just. It's absurd, man. I mean, the Chiefs' dominance, I find that as impressive as almost anything that, that, than the Super Bowl wins, just the absolute dominance over the AFC and, and in particular the AFC West. Yeah. Like, you don't see this. This is historic. This is unheard of. And Kansas City, again, as you mentioned, realistically could have this thing wrapped up by Thanksgiving. We'll be giving the thanks to the Kansas City Chiefs hoisting another AFC West title up there, another banner. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. And I want to pull, I'm pulling up some stats here uh, from Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Uh, he's 28 and three in his career against the AFC West. He's lost three divisional games in his career uh, as, a, as a starting quarterback. Uh, 65% completion percentage, over 8,000 yards, almost um, over 8,500 yards, uh, over 67 touchdowns uh, with. Rushing touchdowns included, he has over uh, over seventy touchdowns, total touchdowns. So you're looking at a guy who has played his best football against divisional teams. I even think against the Chargers, he's had some pretty good games himself. I think he had that 400 yard game in 2021, the walk off uh, touchdown uh, to Travis Kelsey in the overtime, which in a game where they led early but didn't get the lead back until they won it in overtime. Um, just to, shows how impressive uh, that 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 he's been in these games. And I think Travis Kelsey had almost 200 receiving yards in that game. So these two guys have had big performances in, in the times what they needed to looking at just his stats. He's nine or he's seven and two against the chargers overall, uh, when it comes to, uh, to the division. So the other loss coming to the, uh, to the Raiders, obviously the, the bus, uh, the ring around the rosy little bus lap that they did. Um, which what a weird time thinking about that game. Now is just like, we're just like, what, what happened in that game? What in the high school? What what in an FCS team beating a beating Georgia? Like, like, like what? I was surprised they didn't want to storm the field too while twelve other fans. Like, I, right? I mean, what a weird time. That was a weird time, but just, that just goes to show you just the the dominance that uh, that Patrick Mahomes has had against the, the against the AFC West. It, it's 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 quite astonishing when you look at it like numerically. Yeah, the dominance and a what it means when they actually finally beat. The Kansas City Chiefs, because they don't expect to beat them. It is like an FCS team beating yeah. Georgia or beating Bama. You go in with no shot, and you're like, guys, we we might do this. We might pull a Rudy here, throw our jersey. Like, like it's just, it's silly. 
throw a parade when they beat the throw Chiefs. Throw a parade. They're, they're going to hang it up. They're going to hang a banner because, I mean, quite frankly, what else are they going to hang? Right. They'll paint a mural of a play that happened in a game that they lost, um, and then they'll celebrate that for the rest of the season because they'll blow a 29-point lead in the playoffs, and that's the only thing they'll have to celebrate. Uh, and just just think, man. The Chiefs are 5-1. and one. Their only loss coming to an NFC opponent by one point. The Detroit right. Lions, who are also, by the way, 5-1 and one and look very, very good. Number one team in the league right now, by the yeah. way. I mean, this is just... It's crazy because the Chiefs haven't even been good offensively. Like, let's be frank. Right. You know, they've had one game where they were good, and the defense is elite. Special teams has been special. I mean, they've been really good on special teams. Harrison Butker, uh, yeah, he's back. Why I kept telling everyone to pump the bleeping brakes last year on him. Like, calm down. Let guy, let guy get healthy. We've seen him be the second best kicker in the NFL. Let the kicker who's injured on his foot get his foot right. Come on. Pretty important when you're kicking. Mm. But but again, offensively, I think you're going to see Rasheed Rice as the season goes on, get a larger snap, catch, uh, snap count share as we've started to see. You know, the words of Kobe Bryant in that one commercial, more, mm-hmm. more. I want to see more. Yeah. That's what I want to see from Rasheed Rice, more snaps. We'll see maybe Justin Ross start getting um, a few more snaps. Maybe Sky Moore actually gets right. Maybe Kadarius Tony finally stays healthy and he gets yeah. right. But again, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism for the offense to start to turn around whilst I do think the defense, special teams, and the rest, this is what we're going to see the rest of the season. I think so, too. Uh, looking around uh, around the league, when you look at the AFC, Chiefs obviously on top. Uh, Chiefs on top of the AFC after, uh, <laughs> kind of funny to put this into perspective here, Sterling, uh, us as Chiefs Kingdom have not been too pleased with, the, with how the Chiefs have won these games uh, as of late. Uh, when you talk about the Jets game, uh, the most recent game they played against the Broncos, maybe not the most flashy offensive game, uh, kind of getting a little spoiled when it comes to uh, to what we expect on offense, but still the number one team in the AFC. As I mentioned, the Miami Dolphins, second place in the AFC. Their loss, their one loss coming to an AFC team and the Buffalo Bills, which, boy, they exposed their defense a little bit, didn't they? And if the Chiefs can get right on offense so going into that game against the uh, the Dolphins, I feel pretty good about the Chiefs and, and Dolphins, truthfully, uh, about the Chiefs heading into that matchup. Yeah, uh, but it's like, just why I always say you never apologize for winning ugly. I know it's fun to, talk, to sit here and talk and say they should have beat this team by more and you know they're not clicking and all that stuff. You think the Eagles would have taken an ugly win over the Jets? Yeah. Like, do you think they would have preferred to win ugly instead of not winning ugly? Do you think the 49ers would have preferred to win ugly or to lose to the Browns? Again, eventually you want to get right. I get all that stuff. But... Until November, until um, Thanksgiving, stack those wins. Yeah, stack those wins. Then you'll start to realize what you have, what you don't have, what you thought you may have had. Maybe you'll see a, a trade deadline acquisition. But really, until Thanksgiving, I'm just a, a fan of you stack wins. You don't care how you win. You just win. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And starting before I let you go, I want to look at if the playoffs started today on October the 17th, Luckily, they don't. But if they did start today, uh, the Chiefs would have the number one seed in the AFC. The Miami Dolphins would be taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Baltimore Ravens would be taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jaguars would be taking on the Buffalo Bills. Out of any of those teams I mentioned, Sterling, does any one of those uh, worry you in terms of threats to the Chiefs' reign on the AFC? 
I mean, again, any given Sunday, um, I think the Bills are legitimately still a good team. I know they've been very up, very down. They've been very inconsistent. But the Bills, when they are on, and they've shown they can get on, they they are one of the best teams in the NFL when they're on. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. Uh, Miami, a little bit the exact same boat, but their defense can be exposed. We will see in Germany. I will say those overseas games, it's really difficult to get a good feel. I mean, the Bills lost to uh, – uh, the Jags, because the Jags were already over there. The Bills came out flat. It's difficult to get a real good feel of those overseas games because the travel differential. Um, I think the Ravens, personally, are a sleeping giant. Mm. Um, the box score doesn't look great, but if you only watch the box score, you're doing yourself a disservice. Watching the Ravens games, they are very close to getting right, especially offensively with Todd Munkin. Uh, their defense has been about the second best in the NFL, just behind Browns and a lot of uh, you know analytical metrics. Right, they, the Ravens defense yeah. really good, and they're just getting stalled in the red zone. They're they're just not quite finishing off drives. Which again, maybe you can just chalk that up to uh, that's who they are. But part of me thinks they're getting used to Todd Munkin's new offensive scheme, and dude, they are close. They're close to getting right. And when they get right, that's going to be a very dangerous team. But obviously, Lamar Jackson's health always comes into question. Absolutely. Uh, I do think the Ravens are one of those teams where outside of kind of just like a brain fart uh, against the uh, the Steelers that Lamar Jackson kind of had on that on that last drive there that basically gifted them the Steelers the win in that game, uh, they would be looking at 5-1. and one. Lamar played really good in that game. I know it's a lot easier for people to be like, oh, well, he had that late. That late turnover right there, which led to them taking the lead. Um, I still think Lamar played really, really good. Lamar's been playing well this year. I think that it's, it's been exciting to see Lamar back and and, and playing and just cast it. He's got to stay healthy for those guys. But uh, I do like. I think that the the Ravens are kind of a, a sleepy team that the Chiefs are going to have to keep their eye on because uh, I'm interested to see how they match up. Well, the way that this Chiefs defense has been playing, I've been pretty confident. And you know containing uh Lamar Jackson but that's a different animal like that's a different animal than any other team that they're kind of been built to be yeah that's Drew Tranquil season baby that is true Tranquil as a spy on Lamar Jackson I mean yeah they got Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers as a nice connection and Odell Beckham Jr. at times looks like younger version Odell Beckham Jr. they got Rashad Bateman this is the most talented wide receivers Lamar's ever played with but again, I think this Chief defense is is legitimately good. You got Willie Gay Jr. You have a great linebacker core with Leo, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and Drew Tranquil. I think you actually have the ability to neutralize Lamar's legs and to an extent neutralize his connection with Mark Andrews. If that's the case, forcing Lamar to throw, good luck. McDuffie and Legereus Sneed out there. I mean, the Chiefs, I think, do line up very well comparatively to this Ravens team. That's Sterling Holmes. Appreciate you hanging out with me, Sterling, talking about uh, the AFC kind of as a whole. Really, I really just wanted to talk about the AFC West. I needed somebody to talk to about the AFC West. Had some thoughts I needed to get out about it as the Chiefs seemingly seem to be on their way uh, to an eighth. An eighth, right? Is that right, Sterling? Check my math there. Eight straight AFC West titles? Dude, I'm buns at calculus, buns at algebra, bad at math, doesn't matter. Eight straight. I think it's eight. Seven was last year, right? Yeah. You know, you know what's bad? When you start to lose count, when you have won that much, you start to lose count. Same thing happens with the with the Broncos. I said, wait, what number? Is it 15? Oh, wait, 16. This is 16. Okay. This one's 16. That makes sense. Next one will be 17. Okay, sounds good. Uh, sounds great. But uh, Sterling, appreciate you joining me as always. As that's going to do it for this 
uh, today's episode of KCS and Update presented by friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Appreciate everybody hanging out, listening in. Let us know what you thought about the show uh, on social. Follow me on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Let us know at KC Sports Network uh, on Twitter as well. So I'll be back again with another episode soon. So until then, we've got all kinds of stuff waiting ready for you at KC Sports Network. Amateur hours going live on our KCSN YouTube page at 8 p.m. Central Time tonight. All kinds of stuff. So make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. We'll be back soon. And so until then, I'll talk to you later. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com